I've been so excited this whole week for this message. I don't know if any of you saw the Facebook post, but I've been pushing it out there. I did a Facebook ad. I can't tell you how many thousands of people saw it. But we all face adversities in our life at different times. And we have two different chairs that we sit in in the course of our lives. We have the chair of blessing. How many of you know that you like to sit in the chair of blessing? Everything's going great. Everything's going wonderful. You're on top of the mountain. Everything's going great. And then there's this other chair over here called the chair of opportunity. And how many of you know this is not the chair you want to sit in? But the reality is every one of us will sit in both chairs at different points in our lives. We'll have times we're in this chair for a while. We'll have times that we're in this chair for a little bit longer. And we think it's going good, and all of a sudden we're back in this chair, and we go back and forth. James chapter 1, starting with verse 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, when you're sitting in the chair of opportunity, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, how many of you have ever had difficulties just raining down on you? You think, man, if one more thing happens, I can't take it. And you go, this is a great opportunity. Anybody think that way? I don't. I'm, I'm sure that you guys are maybe like me a little bit. I had two nights this week that I couldn't sleep all night long because things were just coming upon me and just like, like the claws just going inside my brain trying to say, you're not going to make it. It's going to, ah, 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 all this huge attacks. And when we sit in it, we don't go, yay, I got another adversity. Verse 3 says, for you know. How many of you know that sometimes the Bible tells you things that you know but you don't know and it's so you can learn it? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Wow. So you tell me when I'm sitting in this chair over here that there is an opportunity for me to grow? Wow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing or lacking nothing. Now that's a really big scripture. It's just loaded with everything. It's kind of the core base of where we're at. But I want to suggest to you that we look at the chair of opportunity as a bad thing. We look at it as a negative thing. We look at it as, ah, everything, the sky's falling in on me. Woe is me. No one is good. It's just terrible. Everything's terrible. Reminds me of a story of a grandpa that was laying down taking a nap, and his little grandson thought it would be the greatest, funniest thing in the world to go take some stinky cheese and rub it right underneath his nose. So he, he snuck up there and he rubbed it underneath there. And a few minutes later, the grandfather woke up. He goes, it sure stinks in here. He went in, walked over to the kitchen. He goes, it stinks in the kitchen too. Went into the living room. It stinks here. Went outside. He goes, everywhere I go, it stinks. Well, yeah, because it's, it's you. It's something that's attached to you. Sometimes that's us. When we're sitting in this chair, it's just like everything is bad. Everything is wrong. But I want to suggest to you that if we let it grow, our faith being tested, 
It's actually completing something inside of us. It's taking us to the next level. I want to tell you a story. It comes out of Genesis 37, so you can read it later, about Joseph. Now, there was Abraham. We know him as Father Abraham, his son Isaac, his son Jacob, and then Jacob had Joseph. So he's the fourth in this line of people. And he was born really late to Jacob. So he was like, Jacob was really, really old by the time he was born. And Jacob just loved him the most. He didn't make any, any um, he wasn't bashful about it. No one, it wasn't a surprise to anybody. In fact, his brothers knew it and hated him for it. So his father made him this great, great coat, you've probably heard it, of many colors. And it was so beautiful that everybody would have wanted it, but it just stunk to his brothers. Everywhere they look, there's Joseph wearing that little coat. Now it says in this text in um, Genesis 37 that Joseph was 17 years old. Now how many of you ever met a 17-year-old boy that's just going to be lowly and meek and just like, oh, like, no, he's like, hey, look at what I got. Y'all ain't got one like this, right? So he's just probably rubbing it in their faces all the time. And the Bible says that they got so mad at him, they wanted to kill him. So they caught him out one day, and they decided that they were going to kill him. But one brother made intercession and said, rather than us kill him, let's just throw him into a deep pit. And then they're leaving him in the pit. Now, can you imagine Joseph is in the pit? He's down there just like going, uh, guys, hello. Can you hear me now? I'm still down here. Y'all can let me out. This isn't funny anymore. And this isn't a prank anymore. And then they say, well, we're going to sell him to some slave owners. So they do. They pull their brother out. Now you talk about heartless. They actually sold their brother into slavery. He then is taken into Egypt, and he's a slave. And, you know, they weren't very nice to slaves, if you follow what I'm saying. They beat him. They were terrible to him. And then he grew in stature everywhere he's at. See, Joseph just ended up in that chair of opportunity right off the bat. 17 years old, Joseph is sitting in this chair. Joseph, as the story continues, he became to be elevated. His faith was grown in that time. Then he became a slave in Potiphar's house, who was one of the high rulers for the entire country of Egypt. So Potiphar promotes him, promotes him, and promotes him. And he becomes more and more and more involved with everything. It says that Potiphar gave him over everything except for his individual house. But he ran everything for Potiphar. See, God was promoting him even in his slavery and his bondage. Then Potiphar's wife really liked Joseph and thought he was, you know, something she wanted. So she went and tried to cause a scandal and have him sleep with her. And he's like, no, I can't do this against my master and against my God. And she kept trying and trying and trying. She ended up accusing him of rape to get back at him. And it's this whole whirlwind. I mean, Joseph can't catch a break. First of all, here he was at 17, just being possibly stupid. He's up in heaven now watching, so I don't want to say you're stupid. But, you know, possibly he was like a regular 17-year-old boy, you know, just full of hormones and just, ah, you know. His brothers throw him into a pit. They were going to kill him, but then they sold him to slavery. He's in slavery. They're beating him. He's going through all these difficulties. He becomes the second in Potiphar's house, and then Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape. 
You don't come back from that. So there's not really a trial in that situation, especially in a king-driven area. So, you know, he's lucky they didn't kill him on the spot. Then they threw him in the king's prison, where it's even worse of the worst. And now he's the lowest guy. And I don't know if you've ever been to or heard about prisons, but, you know, child molesters and rapists do not get the greatest rep inside there, all right? They have the hardest. People want to beat them up and abuse them even more. So here he finds himself falsely accused... Again, sitting in this chair. Joseph is the epitome of the chair of opportunity. I don't know that Joseph could even see the chair of blessing. I don't think it's like a far distant thing. You could even see that there was even an option there. And he kept going. And he kept going. And God raised him up even in the prison system that he became second to the king. Second to the person, the prison master, who's the warden, if you will. And then, through a series of events, the king had a dream. And I'm not going to tell the whole story. The focus isn't on the whole story of Joseph this morning. Again, go read it. Genesis 37. It's wonderful. He ends up in front of Pharaoh and interprets a dream. And then God brought him out of slavery, out of the prison, and became the second in command of the entire nation of Egypt. So Joseph is now even over Potiphar. Doesn't God have a sense of humor? But I want to suggest to you that the dream that Joseph got at 17 years old, that he was going to rule over everything, and that everyone was going to be bowing down to him, that was a true dream. But the only way for his faith to grow, the only way for his endurance to have a chance to grow, as we see in James, was for him to sit in this chair of opportunity. While he didn't enjoy it, while I'm sure he wasn't jumping for joy every time they said, we're taking you to another level lower, The interesting thing is, Joseph never complained. Joseph never had anyone to encourage him. Oh, by the way, this process of him setting in the chair of opportunity was 14 years. Not 14 months, not 14 days. I look at the opportunities that come across me, the things that I struggle with, the things that I have to... Just buckle down and go, okay, I'm going to make it through this. And God, this is an opportunity for my faith to grow. This is an opportunity for my endurance to just to be perfected, that I'm going to become the person you created me to be. And mine don't last that long. Can you imagine 14 years? But now, what was Joseph's posture? See, if he's sitting in the chair of opportunity and he's just got an attitude against the world, you did all this to me and I didn't do anything to you and my brothers, they hate me and they told my dad I'm dead. And well, this, this wife of this guy, they can't even see his wife as this 
bad person. I won't use any words. And can't he see? And, you know, not, I, everybody just hates me. Would that have helped his disposition at all? Would he have grown? But can I suggest to you that Joseph's posture sitting in this chair was still as a servant? And I want to even suggest to you that maybe this was some of his posture in this chair. Because I know when I find myself sitting in the chair of opportunity, the only place I really have to go is to pray. See, when I sit over here, it's real easy to pray. It's real easy to say, God, I just thank you for today. The sun looks so beautiful. The trees are more green than ever. Oh, did you see the grass? Have you seen the grass? With all of my kids, I would take them out, and we would go walk, and I would hold them in my arms. I've got this picture of joy up on my shoulders, and we would go, see the trees? I should have thought about it and brought the picture up here. I'm sure you're so glad I didn't. But I would hold her and say, Joy, look, touch it. Pretty. See, look, pretty. Don't be gentle. Pretty. Isn't it pretty? See, it's real easy to look at everything and say, it's pretty. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. What a... I can just breathe even better today. Yeah, not so much over here. If you're anything like me, I have a sneaking suspicion you might be. But Joseph didn't have any pity parties. He wasn't a victim. See, God has a plan for our lives. You know, you know the scripture that says in Jeremiah, for I know the plans that I have for you. That's one of the scriptures that's the core of our church. But God knows the plan. Doesn't mean you know the plan. Doesn't mean that it just all of a sudden just boom happens. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, for my thoughts, this is God speaking, are not your thoughts. I can tell you truthfully, sitting in the chair of opportunity, that my thoughts are not God's thoughts. I'm not looking at this and going, man, this is a great, great thing that's happening to me. That my endur- Man, my endurance is being built today. I just feel so much better today. I feel stronger than I did yesterday. Man, I endured that one. I, I don't do that. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Continues on, nor your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. Literally, this word ways, here, and here, literally means a journey or a path. For your path that you're on is not my path. God says, you're trying to do it on your own. You're doing what you think you should do. And let me tell you, that's not the path I have for you. Verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways. Again, my path, my journey is higher. And higher literally means greater. The concept is bigger and to take to an exalted level, to the next level, if you will. 
than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, God has thoughts that are bigger than you. His thoughts that are bigger than me. Ephesians 3 says, Now unto him, this is one of my favorite scriptures. I love to pray this whenever I get asked to pray. It's one of my, my favorite, for years and years and years, ways to close out the prayer. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think. You see, I've, I love the scripture. It's poetic to me. It's just like it flows off of my lips. And man, I could even make it sound really spiritual whenever I'm praying it, okay? But let's break it down just a little bit. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all I could ask or think. See, he's so far beyond my thoughts. He's so far beyond my ways. According to the power that works within us. <laughs> Guess what within us literally means? Circumstances, within circumstances, or under circumstances. Can I suggest to you that God works in us through his power, through circumstances, through the chair of opportunity. And until you understand that, you don't get the next verse. The last part of it says, To him be the glory and the church, and in Christ Jesus for all generations forever and ever. See, we need to live our life by design, not by default. We just kind of get in here and we're born and we're raised up and we kind of get on this path. We think, I think I know it better than anybody else. And that's what we all do as teenagers and say, I don't need you, mom or dad, any adult, teachers, anybody authority. I don't need you to tell me nothing. I got it. Okay. I got it all worked out. Have you ever seen that sign that says hire a teenager while they know everything? Well, that was me. And that's most people I run across. But you see, when we do that, and we never correct that by saying, God, your ways are higher than my ways. So where I think this is the best for me, I want to submit it to you and ask you, what is the best for me? What happened to Joseph going through 14 years of difficulty? Greater yet, what happened in Joseph during 14 years of sitting in the chair of opportunity. What kept him going? He had a dream. He didn't get to take that coat of many colors with him because his brothers ripped it up and poured animal's blood and took it to his dad and said, we found this. Joseph must have died. But Joseph's perspective through the difficulty made all the difference. See, I think that we too often times think that we know better than God, that we know better than anybody else. And I love the scripture, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but it just fits right into this as well. God says, I will give you the desires of your heart. So to me, that means everything I want in my heart, God's going to fulfill them. But can I suggest to you again, 
that it is God who put those desires in my heart. Those passions, those inclinations, these things that pull me and make me want to go this way, God put that in there. And then on the other side, he says, and I'm going to fulfill those things. So God put it inside of me, the same way he says, I know the plans I have for you. He put all that potential inside of each one of us. And then he says, I'm going to be the one to fulfill it. And how does he fulfill it? Very often through the chair of opportunity. And the truth be told, though I enjoy the chair of blessing a whole lot more, if I look back in my life and I suggest you do the same, I didn't learn that much sitting in the chair of blessing. I didn't grow that much sitting in the chair of blessing. When I look at my life and all the things that God has done for me, it all happened right here. So why would I fight being in this chair? Why would I get angry and frustrated when I'm sitting in this chair? We see if I can sit in this chair like Joseph. Say, God, you gave me a dream. You gave these visions. You gave me these talents, these abilities. And I'm going to submit them to you. Because truthfully, I can't do anything to get out of this chair anyway. I'm going to submit them all to you. I recognize that your ways are higher than my ways, your thoughts higher than mine. I'm going to trust you with my life. Not just where you're spending eternity trusts you with my life, but what am I doing next week? What am I doing five years from now? What am I doing every day? Remember? Those words pointed to a path, to a journey. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to ask you, where do you find yourself today? As you hear this message about the two chairs, a tale of two chairs, I entitled this. Where do you find yourself today? You may say, Pastor Kevin, I'm far from God and his plan or his path for my life. And if that's you, and you'd like to be included in our prayer, I would just ask you to raise your hand. Not going to embarrass anybody, not looking to call anybody forward or anything. This is all between you and God. If you say, I want you to pray for me in this prayer, just raise your hand. Let's all pray together. You don't have to pray out loud. 
but it's good for all of us to circle back. Father in heaven, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you that you have a plan for me that is beyond me. That you have desires for me that I don't even know. And I choose your way. I recognize your son, Jesus, as the Savior of the world. And I receive him to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to come in and take over the reins, the direction of my life. And simply show me what you want me to do. And I'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray.